Do you have a hard time turning work off and tuning into your own needs? Do you think that failure is not an option? And how attached to praise are you? Meet Nicole, a hard-charging, energetic, and successful sales leader who would work 14-hour days to win praise. When it did not come her way, she would feel so resentful, which would then lead her to get back on that hamster wheel and work even harder. This unsustainable pattern resulted in no hobbies and no life outside of work. In our coaching conversation with Nicole, learn new ways to prevent burnout, celebrate progress over perfection, embrace failure, and see what tuning into your own needs can look like. All right, everybody, strap on your seatbelt, get your walk ready, do whatever you need to do. But just remember, success doesn't have to be so painful. Hello, everybody. Johanna and I are super excited to have a longtime client, Nicole Jenka, who is a sales manager at a global recruiting company. And Nicole is going to talk about a very powerful cycle that she is trying to break. And I think it's something that whether you work in the corporate world or, you know, you work outside of the corporate world, right? You have a lot on your plate. I think it's something that so many people can relate to. So Nicole, thank you so much for joining us today. We're so excited to have you here. Thank you both so much, Kim and Joanna, to spend this time with you guys. It's so, so incredible. And yeah, the cycle that I've been in, I think number one, I want to recognize, I didn't even realize I was in this until I started working with the two of you. So I'm so excited to continue the journey. And I realized that I have a cycle that starts with just completely overworking. I love to work. I love what I do. Any job I've had, I just go all into it and I start to see my own value through the work. And what's difficult about that is, you know, I overwork, I go above and beyond, I work my butt off, I I just go go all in. And then if I don't receive the kind of praise and and accolades that I, that my ego (laughs) wants to hear for that overworking, then I shut down mm-hmm. and I get very defensive. You know, I pull myself back from my work. It just is exhausting as a cycle to kind of go through this ebb and flow of overworking, overworking. And, you know, the the lows don't happen very long. I kind of jump right back into, into overworking again pretty quickly because I mean, my work demands it. But at the same time, figuring out that balance for myself and breaking this cycle is definitely something that I'm very excited to work on with the two of you. Aww. Well, thank you. That was such a beautiful overview for everyone to understand. Cause I think it's such a cycle that we all fall into in certain times of our life that overworking, improving, then we don't get what we want. We've just sacrificed all of this time. And then yet our ego says, get back on the hamster wheel. So Nicole might be referring to being a three. And for those of you who are going, what does that mean? She's referring to the Enneagram, which is an amazing, amazing tool to understand yourself. And the three is the achiever, the achiever, the one who wants to shine and stand out and do great work. And so that's a motivation, a core motivation of yours. And I don't know why I'm just dying to know, have you always been this way, Nicole? Like, were you the little kid that wanted the good grades and the the acknowledgement and stuff? Does this go way back? Like all the way back. I mean, like... (laughs) My dad is is extremely successful and my mom was a stay-at-home mom and the two of them were so supportive of me. And, and I think what happened when I was younger is I had a lot of support and there were very, you know, there were expectations of me, right? I mean, my dad was going to pay for my college and my mom was home all the time to help and they both helped me with my homework and and I would get A's and I would get, you know, like prizes and presents for that. And so I wanted to keep doing that. And, you know, I know my parents, you know, in their heart, right? Of course it was 
they're encouraging me to succeed and they're encouraging me to do well. And, but the story that I've realized that I was telling myself was like that, that was my worth was, was doing well. Yeah. So it's been the whole life. It sounds like it's worked in your favor, you know, like it's made you, it's probably contributed to so much of your success. You're killing it at Mondo. You're a sales manager. You continue to get promoted. It sounds like that idea of like valuing productivity is what's led to a lot of success, but then what's the cost or toll? Like what made you decide to call us and get coaching? I mean, I have realized this year, especially with, I mean, first just realizing I was a three and just recognizing, oh my gosh, when I read what a three was, it just like ripped my heart open. And I felt like someone saw through the facade of everything and, and the results and everything. Cause to your point, right. It's been very good. I've gotten a lot of praise. It hasn't, no one says you're doing really well at work. You know, what are you giving up for that? They're, they're just, pr- you know, promoting that you're doing well at work and, and congratulating you and, and bragging about you like my, my parents do. And that feels good. So when I started exploring the Enneagram and going into that, I realized that I literally don't have hobbies. Uh. <laughs> I don't do, I, I work like that's what I do. I work and I have friends and I keep up with my friends, but then that side of it is I allow myself to, because I work so much, all of my free time with my friends and my family is based around what do they want to do? Because then the people pleasing comes out, right? Cause it's like, okay, I'm done with work. I'm exhausted from work. I don't want to have to think about what I want to do. And so I kind of like put it on others, but make it seem like it's like a good thing. Like, oh, I want to do what you want to do. You know, I don't want to, you know, yeah. So it's a whole, that's kind of what I realized is I don't have things that for myself outside of work that allow me to express myself, allow me to identify, allow me to just reflect and and think about who I am. It's incredible because it's such a mind tease because the ego says, work, 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 get all the praise, then you'll be safe in the world. And you don't even realize that your life is getting smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller, right? Before you realize, I don't even know what I like to do anymore. And Kim and I work with a lot of people that say that. I don't even know what I like anymore because it's been so outward focused for so long. And so the work of a three and the work of a pleaser or achiever is always to like, take a moment to turn inwards and get in touch with, oh my God, if no one were to praise me, no one were to give me a silver star, what kind of work would I want to do? And also something that's held me back is because I am such an achiever. I mean, I haven't developed hobbies that I was interested in because the idea of failing at them was so distressed. <laughs> yeah, right? you, like, if you're going to do something, you want to, you want to win it. Yeah. I'm going to be the best at whatever I do. <laughs> so like I took up, I mean, in high school, I took a photography class. My sister was always the artsy one, like forever. Right. And she started taking photography and I thought she was better than me. So I just totally pulled back from that entire thing. And recently over COVID, I've started to explore that again. And I'm Great. trying to learn how to play chess. And I've always held myself back because I was like, oh, chess is too hard. I can't figure that out. I'm not going to get good enough to chess. I, it's too late for me to start learning chess now. And it's like, that's just not correct. <laughs> so it sounds like you're already starting to experiment with taking your core motivation and turning it on its head, right? Like I have to be the best or else there's no point. Now you're, it sounds like you're starting to give yourself permission to not be the best in all these situations. How I'm curious to know when you think about the achieving piece, right? Cause the, be, you know, being an achiever is what's driving you, but if, and, and getting praise is what's driving you and that recognition. 
So how would your work life, you know, unfold differently if getting recognition wasn't important at all? Can you even take that in? (laughs) (laughs) It's hard. It's it's hard to, to take the two apart, right? Because in sales, I mean, it is, it's metrics driven. There's revenue there. There's a very clear leaderboard at all times at any moment. You can look and see it as an individual, as a team. But what I'm starting to realize and, and see is that those are all still facade. Like all of the, the metrics and all the numbers, like all of that is just the results, right? And like, you want to work towards that. That's like what we're all going for. But by learning to embrace not being good at things and, and going to those areas where I'm not strong, that's how I can focus on the growth instead of on the metric, like really, really get excited about the growth itself and live in that place and, and enjoy the process of it. Like I literally wrote down, I can't remember. I have this journal. I started journaling. That's like been a big thing for me and and just starting to like read and and get exposure to different areas, but it's literally like enjoying the process and truly loving the process. I know we talk about that at Mondo all the time, but it truly, it didn't click until kind of this revelation. So I'm working through that. It's not all the way in yet, but you know, I'm, I'm starting to recognize. Wow. I really am so like incredibly inspired and proud of you that for someone, so, and it's an addiction, an addiction to meeting the numbers, meeting the outcome, meeting the goal, getting the praise, to go back and say, what is the process like for me? Because there's always going to be a messy middle. I'll never forget. I think Kim, I've told you this. I was always really good at like giving people neck rubs, massage. Everyone would say, Johanna gives the best massages you've ever had in your life. And so I decided to go to massage school. And I sucked because you had to do it a certain way. You had to have alignment. You couldn't do the old stuff. So for a period of time, I had to let go of what I thought I was good at or the way I was in order to learn a new process. And at the end of the day, I emerged a really good massage therapist, right? There is a messy middle waiting for you, Nicole, if you are going to release this old metric of success for a while. It is going to be, and I'm sure if you already, it's painful and hard and your ego screaming at you, just go back to the old way, go back to the old way. But there's something coming into your life, like hobbies and knowing yourself and your emotions. And what are you actually drawn to that maybe on the other side, you will hit your numbers still, but from a totally different energy. Yeah. I mean, I, I can see that. And I think that's something that's been tough for me too, is that I do very well with a framework that I do well with a framework because if I have a framework that I know how to exceed that framework. <laughs> um, and so it's easy for me to wrap my head around. And that's always been an area where like, I'm comfortable having a box because then I go outside the box, but if there's no box, I don't know what the expectation is. I don't know where to go. And so now that I've started to kind of see this, I feel like I have something that I can keep like as a Northern light. And instead of like working towards that, it's just like enjoying the process and like, I'm probably never going to get there. You know what I mean? Like I'll, I'll, I'll have like moments that I'm going to have ups and flows, but it's like, there is no arrival and getting used to that idea. That is right. And I'm so curious, like, how are you experimenting at work? You know, in addition to taking on new hobbies and all this outside of work, which is fantastic. I bet that by really turning this like limiting belief on its head and being okay with being a beginner and being in a growth mindset and learning something new, and which obviously what comes along with that is like taking risks and, and maybe making mistakes. But how is it affecting how you're leading your team and how you're, you know, doing sales? 
have realized that for, I mean, gosh, when I used to interview people, when I first started managing, I would talk about this job, like it was like pretty easy (laughs) and it's not, you guys know this, it's not an easy job at all. And I think realizing that it's not easy and then reflecting back on how much I have failed to get to this point and feeling comfortable sharing those fails and sharing those moments. Yeah. I know. Like actually sharing it and not just saying, you know, here's all the pretty, you know, metrics and here's all the things that I've, you know, done to get where I am. It's like, no, here's all the millions of times that I failed getting to where I am. And here's all the lessons that I learned from those failures. And here's how I can now leverage them. It not only is helpful for my team, obviously, A, because I have, you know, my senior members don't need to hear this. They know they were with me through the whole ride. So they know all my failures. But, you know, the junior members who see me through a different lens and they didn't see me when I was a starting out rep and they didn't see me when, you know, when I crashed and burned a million times or didn't close deals for an entire month. It not only helps them realize that it's okay for them to fail, but it also for me instills and reminds in myself that I'm still going to fail. <laughs> what an okay. amazing story. You know, our stories, the stories we tell ourselves are everything. So for a three, usually the story is failure is not an option. Yep. And for you to be vocalizing over and over again that failure is an option, failure is a part of your success, is literally rewiring your brain every day, Nicole. That's incredible. Like it's such a new story, but it's so powerful. Embracing it as an essential part of success, right? Like that's the, that's the crazy, that's, that was like the mind, mind blowing part for me. That's very evolved of you. Are there parts of your day that you enjoy more now that you're not so fixated on pleasing and looking great and getting the numbers perfect? Are there certain parts of your day that you enjoy more? Yes, for sure. I I think number one, I have a morning routine now that I am obsessed with and I'm so excited about it. I got like a bike on Amazon, like a stationary bike for like couple hundred dollars. It's not, it's not a fancy Peloton. There's my three coming out, but like, it's, it's just, I just wanted a bike and I just wanted to start getting used to like moving my body in the morning. Cause I do, I, I kind of sit here all day. Right. So I do that for 20 minutes and then I like get ready. I shower everything. And then I've been, I've actually been using balance, the meditation app, which has been, I like that better than some other ones that I've tried. I don't know if y'all have tried balance, but something about it, it's teaching me the skills of meditation and then how to employ those throughout my day rather than just like, how do you meditate and do it the right way? Because I was checking the box of meditation six months ago. I was doing it, but I was like, I was like, am I meditating yet? You know, it's like, it was not, it was not the point. And so that is, I mean, that's my favorite part of my day. That's not really what you're asking though. During the workday, now the most exciting part for me that I'm not as worried about the success is actually like very much taking a step back. And when I don't have to have control and when I can watch my reps kind of fail forward on their own and not jumping in to save the day, right? Like if I'm watching them on a meeting and they're not really saying the talk track the way that I would, or, or they're not really like doing it right, quote unquote, um, but letting them go through their process because I know that they need to do that. And if I jump in and I keep helping them, I'm always going to have to help them. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's been a very, uh, something that used to make me very uncomfortable and that I would just instantly like fix because I was uncomfortable and now like settling into that uncomfortability and like listening and then giving feedback, the direct feedback. That was the hardest thing for me before was giving really direct feedback. Like one of my reps, I was like, you do this kind of uncomfortable laugh that like isn't authentic to you. And like, you're a funny guy. And like, you, you're hilarious. And I love listening to you, but like this, this, this comes out when you do this. And he's like, Oh my God, you're right. Like, this is why I do that. And it felt so good for both of us to kind of have that moment together where 
I would have held back before and been like, no, I'm not, I don't want to say that. Cause what if he takes it the wrong way? So yeah. all of these moments before that I felt uncomfortable and did something that actually wasn't helping my people. That's, incredible. That's amazing. That vulnerability builds trust. It makes you more approachable. It sounds like it's strengthening your relationships with people. What about with your boss? Cause you had talked about like, sometimes that ego still comes in, rears its ugly head, enters into the conversation. So can you shed a little light on what happens there? Yeah. I mean, I have definitely, I mean, I read the four agreements years ago and I feel like don't take things personally. I didn't really understand how personally I took everything because what I did was who I was. And so if you say anything about what I'm doing, you're saying something about me. I still, I still struggle with this. Like when there's a moment and I think what I've been working on and actually my boss has been helping me with this is she pointed out to me and said, Hey, you, you're doing this thing where you get really defensive and you get really emotional. And this is not actually you at all. And what she said was like, you know, when you're coming into these conversations with, you know, where, you know, that you're probably going to get some hard feedback, or, you know, that something is going to get, you know, that something's going to trigger you, you, you kind of have an awareness, even if it's like right before you're about to hop in, taking a minute and just acknowledging that's going to happen and preparing yourself mentally for like, Hey, I'm going to get some hard feedback and I just need to be open to it. And just reminding myself of that. I mean, this is a very new thing. This is like in the past couple of weeks. So very new progression for me, but just mentally preparing for that feedback has helped me prevent myself or at least become more aware of like, Ooh, I'm doing that thing again. Like I gotta, gotta pull that back and just kind of control the urge that I have so that I can actually show up. I mean, Nicole, I am, again, I'm like blown away because everything that you are trying right now is I think exactly what Kim and I, if you had no awareness would be suggesting to you and you've already figured it out and are starting to implement it. And you just literally laid it out for our listeners, all these new things that you're trying. And I kept on feeling when I was listening to you is how much time and energy you are reclaiming by embracing constructive feedback rather than resisting it and being scared. That is such an energy suck to resist by not jumping in and saving the day for every single person around you is such a reclaim of energy. That's so tiring to do. And to like literally embrace, walk your talk, like to say, I embrace failure. And then to back it up with action. It's you guys alignment is such an energy reclaim. When you are on your path, walking your talk, you're not tired at the end of the day. It's such a different feeling. It is it's actually energizing. And, yes. It's a hundred percent. Like my energy does feel, I used to leave the workday and feel exhausted every single day. And there are a lot of things that went into that, right? It, even when we weren't acting authentically, you know, with every, you know, within the team, right. We weren't like fully in alignment within the team. We weren't fully in alignment with our clients all the time. We were trying to make things work. You know, we weren't being transparent about like, Hey, this isn't doable. You're not going to be able to find someone for this price, right? Like you, you need to up your budget. Having those direct hard conversations to save the energy in the long run of a road of heartbreak that is inevitable when you aren't just direct and real and, and upfront with someone, but it's, it's being courageous in those moments. It's, it's hard. You know what I mean? It's still hard every day, but knowing the energy that I'm reclaiming is there. And, and then I actually have time to try and figure out what I want to do with my time. outside. Of work. Yeah. It's like building a muscle, right? It's like going to the gym. You can't expect to go to the gym one time, live a, lift a bunch of weights and then be like super ripped. It's day in and day out and you are finding opportunities. You know, it's like the more you, there's this expression, Joe and I 
have heard and use all the time. If you can name it, you can tame it. You've been able to, and it sounds like the Enneagram has really been a powerful tool in helping you become more aware of, ah, this is the root of why I get myself into this pattern. So now you can see it with my team. Here it comes. Or I'm walking into a meeting with my boss. Here it comes. And you have tools that you can use to not let it be in the driver's seat. It's amazing. And the joy that comes in, especially for a three, if any of you are curious, the Enneagram, check it out. Enneagram Institute, you can take a test for $12 and find out your Enneagram type. It's pretty life-changing, I have to say. But for a three, especially someone who's achievement-oriented, when you start to pull back and understand yourself, the joy that then comes into your life because you never allowed for it. And if it didn't equal success, you didn't do it. Being messy, knowing your weak, it's like, that's the the heart of life. It's so much richer, isn't it, Nicole? Like the, the experiences you get now? I feel like there are so many things that I've held myself back with for 30 years. I mean, for literally my entire life. And, you know, on the one hand, right, it's like, wow, I wasted 30 years with this stupid story that I'm telling myself. And I could totally go down that rabbit hole and be sad. Or alternatively, I can look at, wow, great. I have this now in my back pocket for the rest of my life. And I get to keep exploring this and enjoying the journey of knowing that that I'm not ever going to arrive, that I'm going to keep working at this every single day. I'm going to fall back. I'm going to have days. I'm going to get triggered. I'm going to have things happen that, that push me back. But the only chance that I have to work against it is being aware of it and, and being intentional and, and realigning myself. Like you were saying, I mean, the alignment, you feel that. You and feel so, so different. Yeah. Really. And what a gift you're, I mean, who wouldn't want to work for someone that had this mindset, right? Like your leadership and approachability and just the, what people get out of working with you must be skyrocketing right now. Like the more you allow yourself and allow your team to make mistakes and learn from them and maybe adopt a little bit more of a beginner's mind, it creates such a creative, collaborative, more risk-taking work environment, you know, a growth mindset. And and don't you ever, don't you ever throw that achiever by the wayside? She's a very beautiful, special part of yourself. The one who <laughs> wants to kick ass. It's just doing it with awareness now. It's not your whole life. It's part of your life. It's just balancing it out. This is a strength of mine, but I think I read this really interesting article that was sent to me actually by a woman at Mondo who shadowed our pipe meeting in the morning. That's our team meeting. And I used to put so much pressure on myself every morning that I have to come in with this really high energy and I have to be so positive and I have to like, everything has to be perfect. And we have to know exactly what we're doing. And the game plan has to be there. And like, just all these expectations that I put on a meeting that's supposed to be a collaborative check in with the team. That's not, right. it's not about me. <laughs> yeah. No, just like PS. It's not about me. <laughs> it's, it's literally, it's not about me. And, and what she then shared with me an article about like the dark side of resilience and I read it and it was so incredible. I can send it to you guys right after this, if you want to share it, but it was so enlightening to me to realize that, that your strengths can become a weakness if they mm-hmm. go too far. Mm-hmm. And like the balancing out of everything is is the fun of life and living in the messy and the neat and the clean and, 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 and letting all of that live together because nothing's black and white. It's all in the gray. And if you're trying to make everything black and white, you're going to miss out on a lot of the good stuff. So I feel like it's been, you know, I have a lot of little small wins along the way that have been kind of breadcrumbs that, that are helpful, but still working on it. I think we need to bring Kim. I think we need to bring Nicole into every coaching session that we have with our threes because she is literally could be on a speaker series for helping threes really balance out their lives. Really keep on doing. All I can say is as 
a coach and someone who's supporting you keep on doing exactly what you're doing, Nicole, keep on stretching it and going for it. And it's like, I mean, it's just going to keep on getting richer and deeper and more beautiful for you. I am so grateful you shared all of this with us. I hope to tell you next time I talk to you that I'm not working from 7.30 to 7 every day. (laughs) So that'll be my homework. And then you're playing chess and you have all these hobbies and you're doing all these really interesting, you know, things outside of work. Wow. Well, thank you so much. It was just so inspiring hearing you talk. And I know that our listeners are going to get a ton from this conversation. Thank you both. Really appreciate the time. That's all for now. If you are inspired by this podcast, hop on over to InsideJourney.com for more episodes and to learn about our work with leaders and teams. And make sure to subscribe to InsideJourney.com so you never miss an episode. As Brene Brown wisely said, when we deny our stories, they define us. When we own our stories, we get to write a brave new ending. We couldn't agree more. Own your story. Love your story. Share your story. You never know who it can inspire. Thanks for tuning in. Can't wait for more juicy conversations with you next month.